We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up and welcome to the Uncontested Podcast, coming to you live Sunday, February 4th, as the Thunder just defeated the Toronto Raptors in double overtime, 135 to 127. We're going to break that game down for you, get you ready for the trade deadline this week, and so much more on tonight's show. Before we do that, though, I'm your host for the evening, Jacob Niffin. Got my guy, J.D. Silva, in the house. Fellas, they're saying my Stanley Cup could give me lead poisoning, and I don't give a damn. <laughs> we got T.P., Taylor Peterson's here. <laughs> oh, sorry. Uh, I was seasoning my crow that I'm about to eat, the Josh Kitty crow. <laughs> That's the best Taylor intro we've had on the show, and we've been doing this podcast for five years. Uh, We'd have hands to go and watch the YouTube. That's so good. And we have Nick here, uh, who is going to intro himself by swag surfing. Well, now that we uh, are going to get in trouble for copyright on this podcast, I guess we can do anything now. This is fair game. Uh, my intro, uh, I'm just going to say, Taylor. I can't beat that. Hard to follow. It was pretty, pretty, pretty good. I told you I was going to get a prop, and you were so confused. Your enthusiasm starts tonight. So you you know what? Maybe that's why why I was. Maybe that's why I got that influence because you finally talked me into starting curb your enthusiasm, and I'm enjoying it for the first time. Fantastic. But we are not here to talk about curb your enthusiasm. We're let's talk basketball. The Thunder. Beat well, I guess before we talk basketball, I gotta tell you, if you're in the live stream, which there's already a lot of you, thanks for joining us, man. Get those comments, those questions. We got so much to talk about tonight. So populate the crap out of that chat tonight. If you are listening to the pod version of this, thank you so much for downloading our show. 
Cannot tell you how much we appreciate that. If you would, drop a five-star rating. Leave a little review. That would mean the world to us. If you haven't already, sub to the YouTube channel. You can also find us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. Let's get started, boys. The Thunder face the Toronto Raptors, and they win 135-127 in double overtime on a Sunday night. I Let's just start with some big themes. Like, what, what's the big takeaway from tonight? Mine, personally, is Aaron Wiggins is so beloved by this fan base that he had 13,000 white folks doing the wave during Swag Surf on Black <laughs> History Month. It's an affront to God on a Sunday night. He was awesome. Uh, but, Nick, I'm going to let you kick us off here. What is your big takeaway from a very interesting game tonight? Um be a boring one but i think it's real and i think it's something that this team has learned will continue to learn it doesn't matter who you're playing if you don't defend at a high level and do the little things like get in that passing lane and make that rotation and and make that that hard cut defensively across the paint to get to the guy weak side like those little bitty things the thunder generally do so 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 well to generate steals and play good defense if you don't do those even a little bit, any NBA team can cook you. And I think in the first half tonight, like Oklahoma City obviously struggled to score the ball early on, but Toronto was scoring pretty, pretty easily. And I think that in this league, if you don't defend, um, you will have first half like you saw. And so this team, as good as they are, um, I think this is a, it's going to sound like a Mark Dagnall quote, but you got to do it for 82 games every single minute if you want to be the best. Is it bad for me to continue to use the same theme that I continue to use for what feels like the whole month of January when the Thunder win a game, which is resiliency? I look at this team. Obviously, they played a very poor first half. They don't have J-Dub. They don't have Isaiah Joe. Uh, Shea had a great game as a whole, but this was his. uh, He broke a nine-game streak of 30-plus points tonight based off how the Raptors were guarding him. And the Thunder were able to adjust, play accordingly. Um... They shot. They were shooting a lot of threes in the first half that weren't falling, which made me and I'm sure many other Thunder fans very frustrated. They end the night 23 of 63 from three. That's not a great percentage by any means. The, per the broadcast, that ties the most made three-point shots in OKC Thunder history. The resi- resiliency of this team is just amazing. I think that kind of goes back to a lot of the things we'll get into. The Aaron Wiggins, the Lou Dortz, the Josh Giddies, that second half that they played which is significant, especially on a night where the Raptors were really going all in on Shea, making sure the ball was not in his hands when the Thunder didn't have J-Dub or Isaiah Joe. Yeah, this uh, this game was completely insane. I tweeted I was ready to turn my PS5 on at halftime because this was it was, it was was gross. They were like 6 of 23 from 3, uh, but fortunately Mark Dagnon is willing to just try stuff and keep shuffling his deck of cards and see – what works and something eventually did work. And that was our guy, Aaron Wiggins. Um, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of calls for him to play more. Uh, not like there always, uh, not like there isn't always that call, but uh, he was phenomenal. Uh, was kind of the reason was the spark in this entire game. And then guys like Josh Giddy took that baton and ran with it. And everyone else kind of followed suit. It was so entertaining. Can I add on to that? So that um, Wiggins, like you don't win this game without him frankly. I think you could say the same thing 
about the was the Denver game with Misich. Yeah, I just think two games in a row now, or two of the last three, um, where you've had you have this role player, this this guy off the bench that you can directly point to and say the Thunder lose game if not for that guy. I think that goes back to the long conversation we've had about this bench being a fluid unit that works together and it's a different guy every night versus having that bona fide six man. It freaking works. Thunder depth for sure. Yeah, I thought that depth was on full display tonight. My big takeaway was number one, Toronto just really impressed me tonight. They played really good basketball. Their length defensively, I thought gave OKC a lot of problems there in the first, but it was clear from the get go that Toronto's game plan was Shea Gilgis Alexander will not beat us. As soon as Shea got past half court, whoever was guarding him had somebody shading over onto him. Um, they were triple teaming Shea. They were shutting down the lane. I've already seen some comments in the chat about all the threes that OKC shot. I mean, Mark Dagnall made a comment post game. If they want to throw two at the ball, three at the ball, Shea, especially the second half, got off it much quicker. Let other guys make decisions and playing an advantage. And Mark said, if, if other teams want to let our high IQ basketball players play an advantage and result in open threes, we are confident with our guys taking them. And you know, what got the thunder back in the game tonight, those guys being confident and hitting shots, whether it be Aaron Wiggins, Lou Dort, Kenrich Williams. I mean, I thought Lou had a hell of a game Yeah, and kind of how Taylor started the show tonight, I mean, hell of a night by Josh Giddy. I think the best half of Josh basketball Josh Giddy's played this season. The guy ends with, what was it, 24 points? Six, six rebounds, rebounds, six assists, nine of 15 from the field. And I was impressed by him on the defensive side of the basketball. Just looked very locked in the entire time. Really used his body, used his physicality. He had a bad first half. But his second half, especially going to the basket, being aggressive with his offense and not like throwing up like half turnaround floaters, but actually getting to the rim and laying the ball in instead of like getting to say underneath the ball to lay it up rather than over the top of it, pushing it up. Josh had a hell of a night. And to, to me, this two things. Number one, this game is a game of the supporting cast. We also haven't mentioned that Case and Wallace had to leave this game. Only played eight minutes. He started off awesome. Right. Mm -hmm. Supporting cast was huge this this game. Eight, 18 minutes, but still. Oh, eight <laughs> points, 18 minutes. I'm sorry. Um, the other my, my other takeaway from this one, if J-Dub would have played, the dude might have had 40 tonight. The way they were doubling Shea, I just feel like J-Dub in his game, he would have absolutely murdered the Raptors on late rotations playing in an advantage. They wouldn't know what to do with them if they kept throwing that double at Shea. And I don't think they would. That's something that actually my dad mentioned. We always text during games. Uh, and something thing, my dad mentioned. <laughs> something my dad. Shout out Jared P. Thanks, Jared. Uh, <laughs> coming in with some, some high analysis here. But he said, I think more teams will do this doubling action constantly on Shea. And I said, well, the reason we're seeing more of that, and that kind of led me back to a quote that Dignall had here a couple nights ago when Dub was going to be out extended periods and Isaiah Joe was going to be out, is that they were kind of expecting that as a team. And 
you're not able to do that when you have a four spacer like Isaiah Joe or you to Jacob's point, you have J Dub in there. Like they're just going to torch teams. That's why we're seeing so much of that. And the Raptors did a fantastic job of adjusting and knowing that J Dub and Isaiah Joe weren't playing. And that's kind of leads to the other points that we've been talking about of these other guys stepping up and the depth and re- resiliency of this team. You love I wanted that to ask word you guys, resiliency, don't you? Love no, the word, word resiliency. It's a great word. I don't have the uh, vocab that our guy Justin has. Oh, he was his, his post game a couple nights ago, but it was over my head. He was incredible. I, I wanted to ask. <laughs> I wanted to ask you guys something about this game. This to me, did this game feel like a proof of concept a little bit to you guys? As far as we know, they have a ton of high IQ basketball players on the team. It felt like we were seeing that on display when they were putting two to Shea, had to get it out of his hands, like Jacob's, to Jacob's point, get it out of SGA's hands and make the other guys make decisions and do their jobs differently than they normally would. Normally, when you when you see that happen to a team with like a star like SGA, the team struggles because there's not a bunch of guys that can problem solve on the fly. But I feel like tonight was a proof of concept of that when you had Lou Dort making an insane left-handed pass into the lane to someone, Meech is coming out of nowhere, Josh stepping up, Everyone did a like. Everyone stepped up. I mean, what? How many guys in double in scored twenty five? Uh, five, yeah, yeah. yeah. SGA with the tied career high in assists. Yeah, just it was a. Uh, yeah, it was not an optimal game, but I feel like it was still a proof of concept to what they're trying to do. Yeah, I, I would. Think- I would totally agree with that. I thought that the playmaking, the decision making. You mentioned Lou. I thought Lou was fantastic, shooting the three and then attacking closeouts and finding guys under the basket. I thought Josh did a great job with that. Another guy who I thought was really good, OK State, OKC, in the in the comments over here mentioning him. Oops, right there. Uh, Big Meech, I thought, was just phenomenal in generating offense and playing out of an, an, out of an advantage tonight. Um, tons of guys just... So I think you hit the nail on the head. This kind of proves the point of what this team wants to be, which is a lot of guys who you can put the ball in their hands and they'll do the right thing. They'll make the right decision. Maybe with the exception of one. Yeah. I was about to bring that name up. <laughs> bring it. Me Let's hear it. Uh, Usman Jang. Uh, he did not want the ball in his hands. Every time he, he would take one dribble, see a defender in front of him and say, Oh shit, I don't want the ball. And give it to someone else. Sometimes the other team. a lot of times that someone else uh, was in a Raptors Jersey. Yeah. Yeah. I, Brutal. So this is a, a comment made broadly. We're going to talk trades tonight all throughout the week. Um, it seems like on this team, with how many playmakers there are, if you can be a play finisher, hello, Aaron Wiggins. Hello, Kaysen Wallace. Hello. You thrive, <laughs> right? Usman Jang can be a play finisher. He has this elite size with the handle in theory has a, a nice catch and shoot three pointer. He has all the things that would suggest that he would work really, really well on this team. We're not, he's not being asked to go create or play make or facilitate. It's just like, go finish plays. Um, so that's my ooze comment on the trade side. Like it's, I, I continue to think on nights like tonight when Shea gets double teamed and 14 assists and guys that can finish plays are thriving. Um, if you can go get a guy in the trade market, that's just a play finisher. You don't need this guy that goes and creates and the self-isolation kind of guy. Get a play finisher. And this mm-hmm. team just continues to get better. Well, I think a play finisher and someone who can catch off that double and take one to two dribbles yeah, and then find the next open guy as the defense gets in the crazy rotation. 
Just make make the right play. Um, I'm totally with you. And Us could be that guy. He is not that guy right now. Maybe next year he starts showing more flashes. Maybe in two years. I know Mark had comments about him pregame tonight about how they, they know it's like a long runway for Us. They don't expect him to be that guy right now. But man, like those first quarter minutes were absolutely brutal. You've got to be more physical and more aggressive. And that's something that it's like the intangibles that and just some of the decisions right now, right? The the turnover on the inbound with three seconds left to give up a layup. Like if, if he had an ounce of Tari Eason in him, we'd be talking about him. Like he's just a future star. If he had any sort of dog in him, he would be insane. Yeah. He just doesn't. And I don't know, can somebody like that play like that or get to the point where they can play like that when it's just not who you are? Do you guys remember when it was Thunder going, I believe it was a 9-0 stretch um, with that bench unit. I believe it was in the second quarter. And then Us gets subbed in immediately. I think all of us in in the Slack and our uncontested group message were just like, why? <laughs> Thankfully, that was kept afloat by Aaron Wiggins, who continued to hit outside shots and play really well on the other in the floor. But Oos was removed almost immediately, and it's like they're trying to put Oos in these opportune opportunities, really, to be able to continue to grow and develop as a player. But like to your guys' point, he's just—it's not working. Even it, maybe he looked good against you know a couple nights ago against the Charlotte Hornets, against their essentially their G League team. Not so much tonight, and I just. <laughs> I can't imagine that like Shea is happy when the Thunder go on a nine zero run. They're still down by like I think they were down nine also, and then Ooze comes into the game. And I just continue to wonder about that. Like as we get post All Star break, I, I hope we see less Ooze and see more Aaron Wiggins and players of that nature once once his team is fully healthy again. Totally agree. Um, before we get done talking about this team, I did want to circle the wagons back to Josh. Because I thought Josh had, like I mentioned, a great, great second half, great overtime. I don't know if you guys noticed this, but I thought Josh was at his best tonight in the minutes Shea was not on the court. Yeah, I agree. I wonder if that's something they look at more moving forward. So one thing... Again, as I and Silva continue to get flamed, it, it appears when we talk about Josh Giddy. <laughs> um, but it really comes down to his role with this team this season. One thing I've talked so much about is I'm not saying like Josh is a bad basketball player by any means. I believe in Josh very much long term. But when you have J Dub taking a, a bigger role on this team, you throw Chet in there. It seems like he's really struggled because he doesn't have the ball in his hands. He's kind of almost being like thrown into this role as like a three and D type of player playmaker that he really isn't. So I don't think it's a coincidence that tonight J dubs not playing. Josh has the ball in his hands more to your point, Jacob, when Shay's not playing and we see Josh have a better game, he's more comfortable in that role. And so is it worth him having the ball more in his hands without a Shay on the floor when J dub comes back and trying to kind of find that right mix I mean, that's kind of, I think, what the, the Thunderfront office is trying to balance right now, right? Like, you want J-Dub to continue to grow and be able to score. You mentioned earlier, Jacob, if J-Dub's playing tonight and the Raptors are throwing double and triple teams at Shea, like, Dub could just absolutely feast. Tonight, Josh had a much better game because he has the ball in his hands and he's in a much more comfortable role. 
that he's like he's much more I, accustomed to. I would agree with that. Like this team has changed massively from when Josh was drafted, and he's put in a different position and needs to do something different for the betterment of the team, and it's just not playing to his strengths. And what this team needs maybe isn't Josh's strengths. And tonight was was good, but the caveat is it was against the 12th team in the East. The nights where we've seen Josh be bad are against like the elite teams of the West, which is who you're going to face in the playoffs, right? And that's not to say Josh is like a bad player, but I think it is fair to question the fit moving forward. I don't know what the future for Josh in Oklahoma City holds. I know a lot of people have been upset with us for a criticism of Josh. Like we like Josh, we would love for him to succeed and be the fourth He's going guy to on the team. He will succeed. I'm not sure it's the the it future mean. of Josh on if it's on this team might be a six man. Just because the role that they need in that starting lineup is not what fits his strengths. But I thought tonight he found ways to impact the game even if it wasn't what he's typically really good at. I thought he defended really well tonight. Like maybe his biggest play of the night was a Shea miss and Josh just in the paint to get an offensive rebound and a tap in. Like doing those little things have really has really paid off for him. But we all know that Josh's best attribute as a basketball player is the ball in his hand, manipulating a pick and roll, spraying to shooters, lobbying to to pick and roll guys, dropping dump off passes. When you've got a Shea and a J-Dub on your team, there's just, there's not as much oxygen for a guy like that. Yeah, Josh plays so well in chaos, especially. And there was a lot of that tonight in the second half. Aaron Wiggins kind of took them into the chaos. Um, Lou Dort's really good at doing that. And Josh plays really well with those two guys specifically. And he got to play with those two guys a lot tonight uh, without SGA because SGA picked up four fouls pretty early. I think it was like five minutes left in the third, something like that. Josh does so well in that role. And, Jacob just laid it all out. Like our, whenever we criticize Josh and say he's playing poorly, we we may not always say this, but it is it is a fit issue. We're not saying he's a bad basketball player. We're saying he play he is playing bad, and it's largely circumstantial. Like he's playing with within a with players that don't complement his skill set, and he doesn't complement their skill set in the same way. Um, so I don't know what his future looks like in Oklahoma City, but I will give it to him give it up to him tonight like he was he was phenomenal he was a big reason why they won this game um i'm curious to go see to go watch the post game stuff because we have a lot of comments tonight saying his post game comments were really telling so i'm gonna go watch that after we're done here but i want to bring up this comment from the chat as well i think smoot hits the nail on the head here he says for what it's worth instead of playing against it josh still tries to fit in the system even though he doesn't play well in that role they're asking him to do a role he's not comfortable with you haven't heard him bitch and complain. You haven't seen him no. try to like overtake the game and look guys off and do his thing. He is committed to the team, and, and that's why we love him. And it's fair to be critical of a guy whose skill set doesn't fit the role he needs, which is kind of where Josh is at. But you got to commend him because he's doing, he's trying to fill that role anyways and doing what the team is asking of him. He is committed to the success of the team, not the individual success. And he's trying to find his way. And I think that is very, very commendable. I agree. I think like one thing that stood out to me is like you can look at that total usage. 
for each player. Uh, Josh Giddy has a 23.1% usage. That's the second most on the team compared to J-Dub. And we could get into those stats. I don't think now's the time to do that. We're 23 minutes into the podcast and still have a lot to talk about this game. Uh, obviously, Dub's stats are better. I think it's just kind of like he's getting the opportunities. It's more so just trying to fit within the team. And I think that's why we saw him play so much more uh, better tonight when Dub was in the lineup. Any more thoughts on the Raptors game, guys? Nah, move it on. Move right. it along. We will move it on. Uh, before we transition, Silva, will you play the new J-Dub sounder, please? Bingo! There it is. Thank you. We will be right back after this break. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, we are back. Gentlemen, as of the recording of this podcast, we are less than four days away from the NBA trade deadline. So we got to talk some trades. Got to. I figured we would have some fun with it. I am putting you three as the Oklahoma City Thunder Brain Trust. You are sitting in the conference room around the round table with one Samuel Presti. And you got some trade calls coming in. Championship. Presti's going to be looking for a new job after tonight. <laughs> As a trade call comes in, you will hear what the offer is. You guys can debate the offer for a few moments, and then we'll move on to the next call. The phones are ringing, boys. That's four days out. Work those lines. <laughs> after you get all of your calls, you guys can you'll debate each call individually and how much you like it. After all the calls have come through, you will make a decision on which trade you are going to take. Okay. Easy enough? Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to tell you how many calls are coming in because Sam Preston doesn't know. The phone's just ringing. So, to be clear, we're not actually saying yes or no individually. We're going to talk about how much we like it and pick one at the end? Correct. You'll okay. debate each one as they come in. Okay. And then at the end, you'll decide, who are we going to call back and tell them we'll take the trade? Okay. All right. Uh, you three are in the Thunder War Room. I am uh, role-playing as every other GM in the league. It's time to make some phone calls. Hello. 
Hey guys, it, uh, I don't know the names of GMs, so don't it's judge right. me. Damn it. <laughs> First trade. <laughs> he just pivots. He goes from role playing <laughs> to. First trade. <laughs> uh, this is um, okay. You want me to role play? Hi guys, this is uh, Mickey Mouse down here at uh, <laughs> Disney in the Magic Kingdom of Orlando, Florida. We need a playmaker. We've been looking for a guard for forever who can set up some of our other guys. Look here, Mickey's desperate. We are considering Kyle freaking Lowry. All right. Okay. We need a playmaker. You guys over there in Oklahoma City, you got a good team, but you can't rebound for shit. You need a big guy who can hit the boards. We got an easy trade for you. Send us over Josh Giddy and Alexei Pokashevsky for salary. Uh, uh, we're not super high on Poku. We just need the salary matching, all right? Okay. In return, we're going to send you the wonderful contract of Wendell Carter Jr., you don't have to worry about extending Josh and what that number will look like. You will have Wendell for the next three years at a very team-friendly deal that will help you be able to sign Chet and J-Dub to those max extensions. You can keep uh, Aaron Wiggins and Isaiah Joe. You can extend them coming forward. Think about it. Give us a call back, uh, 1-800-DISNEY. If, uh, if Goofy answers, don't talk to him. Can we can we talk about that championship you gave the Lakers? <laughs> you know, and you know, it, it also makes sense that Mickey Mouse is calling this one in and not GM of the Orlando Magic, Anthony Parker, because uh, I do not believe that Josh Giddy makes a whole lot of sense in Orlando when they have Anthony Black. They need a true playmaker. You're looking at apparently Kyle Lowry and don't, Chris don't Paul. Don't shit on Jacob's like, trade. <laughs> He's offering just, it to you. I mean, I would have. I would. Someone, someone take calls this. you, Taylor, and says, "I'm going to give you 150k for your car worth 30k." You're going to say, "Are you nope, sure? That makes sense for you. This, is, this isn't worth it." All right, are we tabling this, or are we get, are we discussing this now? Let's, let's or we're discuss discussing it. Let's just, yeah. Discuss okay. Um. Here's my Mickey stance. Mickey is off the line. My stance is, although Wendell's young, I think he's 24. Josh is significantly younger. Um. I don't really worry about the contract thing because I don't think anybody thinks Josh is a max player at this point. Um, I don't, I'm not a fan of selling low. Like Josh could theoretically flop in the playoffs and reduce his trade value. Um, I don't know. I feel like as ill as the fit has been at times and as much as the fan base is super hot and cold on him, it's working, right? Like this team is number one in the Western Conference 50 games into the season. Even if Wendell on paper is a better fit and does a lot of the things you need, what if he comes in and like all of a sudden you're like, damn, I kind of miss Josh dishing out four or five assists a game and kind of miss Josh's, you know, positional size. And because you can only play Wendell two spots, you can play Josh four. Maybe, maybe you missed that. Um, all that to say, uh, I wouldn't hate this trade. I don't, know if i'm doing it but i want to hear you guys thoughts yeah i i really like wendell carter jr and uh, i would like him to be a thunder player like that'd be great um but you do that's that's a high profile that, that's a starting center and the team's identity right now is playing chet at the five and they've gotten to the record that they have now with chet at the five and allowing him to do all the things that that come along with that 
Wendell does shoot some. Josh uh, sh- shoots some, you could say. <laughs> He's trying to. And we respect him for it. He's hanging out with Chip. Um, but I'm kind of with Nick. I, I don't know if I want to sell low on Josh in this scenario either, even though I love Wendell. So this season, uh, Wendell is shooting 40% from three on about three three-point attempts per game, averaging 11 points, 6.8 rebounds. Um, that's about it. <laughs> yeah. uh, I, I think he would be a really great backup big for this team. You could play him alongside Chet. But to your all's point, like, how much would he really like? Like, could you get a cheaper option, I think, to play that same role? be maybe equally effective and not have to give up so much as I think it would probably take to get Wendell. Yeah. I, I, I like Silva. I love Wendell Carter jr. Like I think he is awesome, but if you want a guy that can give you 10 and six and shoot 40% from three, there's a handful of guys out there. You can get for cheaper. Jalen Smith is one option. Hope you mentioned him. Mock GM, Jacob. (laughs) I think another phone call is coming in. Ooh. Hello? Hey, uh, Sam Presti Brain Trust. This is Gandalf the Wizard calling with the Federation of Wizards. Okay. I've got a Wizards trade for you. Hmm. We need draft picks. We are okay. rebuilding... We need to tear this thing down so we can continue to build it back up. We are asking that you send us Davis Bertans. Bring him home. He is a wizard at heart. Probably can cast a fireball. Be dope. <laughs> Bring us Trey Mann as well. We like what Trey does. Um, we hope that Jordan Poole won't uh, influence him at all. We, we will keep them separated. Two opposite ends of the locker room. We also want your 2024 first round pick from the Houston Rockets. We want your 2025 second round pick that you have that's via Boston or Memphis. And you guys have a really juicy second rounder, a 2026 unprotected Golden State Warriors second rounder. We want that too. So Bertans, man. Rockets pick in 24, Boston or Memphis round uh, round two pick in 25, and the Dubs round two pick in 26. In return, we are going to send you the contract of Landry Shamit. You can play him if you want. We just need to get off the money. And we will give you 6'9 forward playmaker Denny Avdia. Thank you for the uh, attributes and descriptors for that player it's not something you provided in the past so it sounds like, you know, <laughs> like i just want to make sure that you know what kind of wizard he is is that the right uh did i type this out correctly davis trey houston first some seconds i didn't want to type all that out for yeah. landry and denny yes yeah, okay that's correct uh give me a call back deadlines on thursday 2 p.m central time bye see ya Friends, this is interesting because I thought that they, they would be calling us asking for Josh Giddy in an uh, obvious swap because they play similar roles, although they are very different players who have their own strengths and weaknesses within that role. I'm kind of curious your guys' thoughts. I don't I don't mind this really. I, I think I'd 
probably I'd probably do this. I think Lan- I also think am I wrong for believing in Landry Shaman a little bit? And like he could, not wrong. He, he could play. Uh There's... looks like looks like Waluigi a little bit, but um <laughs> he could play, Danny could play. It's great. I mean, like you play Shama and again, not for me to be a hater on a current Thunder player, but you give him some of those spot minutes that like maybe Anthony Waters uh, won't be able to see in the playoffs because he's on a two-way, right? Like, I think you're on to something there. It's another depth piece. Yeah. Uh, Shamit's good. Shamit's a proven shooter. Um, Shamit has played at least probably 50 playoff games in his career. Um, bounced around a light. No, for sure, for sure. But, um, but he's he's the he's the kind of guy. Even in the playoffs, like I, he's a guy that you. I have vivid memories of him hitting like big three pointers, especially corner three pointers. Yeah, it's like playing his role, sitting out there, knocking down shots. Uh, the way I view this trade, um, Bertans not a long term part of the core, not in the rotation. Correct. Uh, Trey Mann at this point not part of the rotation. I don't think anybody here would have a convincing argument that Trey Mann's a long term part of the court. So that's that's basically filler to me. So this is the second also like even the juicy Warriors one, even if it's juicy as hell and they get the top pick, it's pick 31. <laughs> that ain't that juicy. Right. Uh so you're looking at a couple seconds and Houston's first, which will likely be somewhere between eight and fourteen. Put it there. So you're basically saying a late lottery pick and some seconds for Landry and Denny. Uh, I'm in. I agree completely. The Thunder had the luxury of being able to dish out some of those additional assets that maybe another team wouldn't for a player like like Avdia. Uh, at the same time, I think it's a pretty fair value, especially if you're not throwing Josh Giddy in that trade. You still have the Josh Giddy op- uh, opportunity and, and the flexibility to be able to throw him in lineups. Yeah, I agree. and and uh, for reference, this is a remarkable, remarkable contract that Denny is on. Kicks in next year. It's a fifteen, which which seems like a big ish number. I think he's worth fifteen today. It's not. I think next, he's worth year, next today. year's cap is what one hundred and forty one. Yeah, I, so I so he so he's about just over ten percent of the cap. Yeah, yeah, and I think he's worth that, and will only get better. But the year after that, fourteen, then thirteen, then eleven point eight. That is. A good. dummy team nice. friendly contract. Mm-hmm. Very nice. Okay. Jacob's like, segment's over. Sounds like we got our trade. <laughs> we got 100%. our trade. <laughs> For what it's worth, Landry Shaman only playing about uh, 15 minutes a game this season. He's played in 31. And, I mean, everyone that's ever listened to the Uncontested knows that I have a crush on, on Denny Avdia. I feel like the the role that they need in that slot the guy that can make a pass, can hit a shot, can play some defense, can attack a closeout, do the little things. I feel like Denny fits that really well. And that's why I'm so high on him. Uh, time for another phone call. Hello? leave us a voicemail please that is the that is the sound of a hornet um i don't even know who owns the hornets anymore they also are calling for davis bertons 
Jesus, what and a hot commodity. Man. I know. It's a, the best salary matching the Thunder have. They also want the Utah first from this year and that Golden State Warriors second from 2026. Mm. In return, you can have Frank Nilakina. He's got one year left, so he's expiring deal. And P.J. Washington. They get off some money, some long-term money, get a first-rounder and a second-rounder. The Thunder get a 6-7 forward. And so that's the same deal minus Trey Mann. Trey's in that, right? Same deal, no, minus another. um, Instead of the Houston first, it's It's the Utah Utah first. Yeah. And there's only one second rounder, not two. And it is for Frank Nilakina and PJ Washington. And Trey Mann is in the deal. Trey Mann is in the deal. Okay. Um, I'll give a quick thought. Uh, I don't like. I don't dislike it. I would prefer Denny. We talked about this a lot in Slack last night, or I maybe talked to myself a lot in Slack last night. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I dug into. PJ and I still like him. I think he has a lot of things that would help the Thunder. But the more I like dug into his numbers and actual impact on winning and watch some film, it could just be the Hornets and the situation. He's been there his whole career. I mean, the dude's not even starting in Charlotte. I think that's somewhat telling. Like he's a good player. I'm not saying he's bad, but if if it's a similar package, minus a second. I again, we're talking in a vacuum the Charlotte trade, but knowing that we have the other trade, I don't know if I love this one relative to that. I've kind of been on the fence as well. And when you put that in a group message last night, Nick, like it's hard for me to argue against that. At the same time, if PJ is cool coming off the bench and playing a little more of a similar role that he's kind of be cool. He's a bench player right now. Yeah, right. Exactly. Um, but I'm not sure that's the hey, kind we'd of like player. We'd like to play the same role, but instead of on a, on a shitty Hornets team, we'd like you to play <laughs> for playing the on a, team in the West. Seems good. Uh, but giving up those assets for that, like that's where I just wonder if, if Presti continues to be a little patient. Yeah. I'm, this one does not thrill me. I'm not a huge PJ, PJ Washington guy. Um, for the money that he's going, that he's going to make, did we say? Did we talk about his contract? I may have zoned out. I was looking at something else. He he makes sixteen this year, fifteen five the next, fourteen the next. So you only get him for two more years beyond this, and he's unrestricted. Yeah, and he's six mm. seven, not six nine, for what it's worth. Yeah, I'm 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 not as thrilled with this one. Like it's it's a less seconds, but I'm. I'll give you all the seconds you want for a player I prefer all day long. Yeah. Yep. You guys ready for the next call? Before we do the next call, just real quick. Um, <laughs> Anthony Edwards wants to have a rivalry with Shea so bad. It's kind of embarrassing, honestly. Yeah, yep. One way. It's a my street. If you don't know the context, uh, they asked him tonight. They asked Ant. After the game, uh, how Coach Finch, the coach of the Minnesota Timberwolves, will coach the All-Star team. He said, quote, I think we're just going to take all the mid-rangers out of the game. If one of the starters like Shea or somebody shoots a mid-range, I'm going to be like, Finchy, we don't allow those here. 
<laughs> How embarrassing. All right, next phone call. <clears throat> How'd you get my number? Uh, I looked it up on the internet. <laughs> this call is from the Brooklyn Nets. We don't really know what we're doing up here, guys. We got good pizza, though. <laughs> Here's the deal. We have no draft picks in 2024. Nothing. We don't have anything until 2025. We got to rebuild the cupboard. We got to rebuild the asset pool. People are calling us left and right, but we know that you have the most assets in the league. We need some salary matching, so send us Davis Bertans. We need a young guy that we can develop over time. Give us Usman Jang. Sean Marks is sad, smooth. <laughs> and we need picks in 2024. So give us that Houston pick. Give us that Clippers pick. Give us that Houston pick in the second round. And give us that 2026 Golden State Warrior second round pick. We're going to send you a guy that fits your team great. You can have one Cameron Johnson from us. Talk soon. Bye. <laughs> Silva, it's only right if you start this one off. Oh, oh hey, uh, Sean Marks, you guys don't have any picks. You guys must be good then, right? Your team must be good if you don't have any picks. Right? No. Nah. Sorry. Bertons, Jang, Houston Furs, Cameron Johnson. Yeah, I'm in. Um you know, earlier, Nick was describing uh, like what the ideal Josh would be, um, and he essentially just described Cam Johnson. Like a pl- uh, no, Jang, not Josh. Sorry, earlier in the podcast, yeah, uh, play, so a play, Josh. <laughs> play finisher, a play finisher, and that is exactly what Cam Johnson is. I feel like Cam Johnson could almost be like the ideal version of Jang if he reached his prime, something along those lines. That's kind of his play style. But man, this would be awesome. He's a proven playoff scorer. <laughs> Uh, shooter, what is he? He's like six eight, six nine. Yeah, he's, he he is old. Remember, he six, came nine. into the league at at twenty four, twenty five. So he is now twenty. Oh, only twenty seven. Actually, earned. I thought he'd be. Um, he came yeah. into the league old, but he didn't feel old anymore. It's kind of like a reverse psychology thing there. Cam is averaging thirteen point nine points per game, four point six rebounds per game, uh, two point six assists per game, and his shooting splits. See, he is 52.5% from the floor and 39.8% from three. We could dig into that a little further. On three-point attempts is 6.2. That's pretty dang good. That's awesome. Uh, Also, his contract, he's $24 this season. He's $22.5 next season. He's $20.5 his year 29 season. And then it bounces back up to 22.5 in his final season you would have him the rest of this season and three more years till his age 30 nba season i would even make a call back to mr sean marks aka jacob niffin and say what would it take to get both dfs and cam johnson i think we're really cooking Uh, but if that doesn't come to fruition i love this trade i'm gonna give you maybe two numbers i'm gonna give you a quick Whoa, whoa 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 horns down nick (laughs) <laughs> whatever 
I'm going to give you two numbers. I'm going to give you a quick thought, and then we can move on to the next one. The two numbers. Uh, one, Cam Johnson this season is shooting 45.8% on corner threes, which Holy is one of those hell. things I talked about earlier on kind of play finisher, do your thing, sit there, you'll get open, you'll make it. Um, anyone want to guess? Maybe I'll put this on you guys. What percentage <laughs> of his three-point attempts this season are assisted? Meaning catch and shoot rhythm. I'm open. You hit me. I'm shooting. What percent of his three point attempts are assisted? Like 43%? Uh, 15%? 96%. Wow. Oh okay. I, I figured gosh. it'd be an extreme. I didn't know which direction. So that way. guy takes rhythm, good threes. Whoa. That's the point there. My, my, um, my opinion on this one, I don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of a lot for Cam, I think. If, if if you believe Jang could evolve into a guy, but back to Silva's point, if you are a believer that Jang's like, ultimate role in this league, I don't think anybody on this pod thinks Jang has a superstar stealing. Maybe when he was drafted, you're like, oh, I can kind of see it. He's young. He's got all these tools. Today, it's like, probably not. If you think Jang's ceiling is Cam Johnson then you absolutely trade this stuff to get Jang ceiling because he's kind of the cornerstone piece of this alongside the, the first. Um, so I don't know if I have an opinion on this one. Like, if it, if it happened, I could talk myself into it. If it was reported the Thunder declined this, that would tell me they believe in Jang, and I'd be like, yeah, Jang must have something we don't see in-game. Um, so I'm neutral, but those numbers are intriguing. And he could I, he could start in place of Josh, and make Josh the six man, the kind of that we discussed earlier in this podcast, or you can make Cam the six man. Right. And you can close with either, depending on the matchup, which is what I love about this. And I think the Thunder are in a position to your point, Nick, where teams understand they have a plethora of assets and you can kind of overpay and it's not going to hurt you at all, which is why I'm I'm all in on this. Yep. Next call. Hey, Mark, it's your buddy, Billy. <laughs> Who? Billy. Why, why are you making calls on behalf of the GM of the Chicago Bulls, Billy? Been... Oh, Billy D. <laughs> Can't play why, Canner. Why are, you play, why are you making calls, coach? Because <laughs> my team sucks. Billy King? My front office won't do anything. <laughs> Here's the deal. We were shopping Levine. We almost had a deal to Detroit. And this son of a bitch went and broke his own foot <laughs> to avoid the trade. We got to do something. We got to shake it up. We need some youth on this team. We need some upside on this team. Here's what we want to do. Send me Poku. Dumb. Love Poku. Send me Usman Jang. We need a young guy. I mean, our youngest guy is Ayo Dasunmu. Kobe White. Hey, we yo. Got of, we got a, a lot of old guys on this roster. We need some younger talent. Send us uh, Jalen Williams, Big J. Will. And a second rounder in this draft, 2024. We will hook you up. Solve your rebounding problems with Andre Drummond. We will also send you. Breaks my heart to get rid of this guy. 
Alex Caruso. Think about it. Hit me back in a bit. You're doing great stuff down there, Mark. I'm proud of you. Thanks, Coach. Sean's going to go nuts in the live stream. <laughs> Our guy he Sean is out of here. Is in the live stream. Uh, I mean, that value per Caruso, you have to pull the, you, you have to make the trade. Um, I just, Drummond is not, he fits a need. He's not fit with the Thunderdew on either end of the floor. Kind of disrupts the identity of this team. And for that, even in Caruso, like you have so many of these guards, you're not really giving up one of them in this trade. I see another log jam. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm in. I think the funny uh, thing. NBA Twitter would be in. Uh, Billy realized he clicked the wrong mark and he called Mark Eversley, the GM of the Bulls, and just pitched <laughs> him on a trade, realizing that he's making calls he shouldn't be making. Um, this one, okay. I've got to preface it. Caruso is awesome. Awesome, 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 awesome. Caruso All played 30 minutes tonight in the playoffs for this team. Oh, All-world yeah. defender. Like, awesome player. I still don't know if I do this one, though. That's how I feel. Although, shout out OKC Blue. Maybe it was a... What was the Sixers? The the Tulsa Sixers. Sixers. Yeah, 66ers legend Alex Caruso. Yeah, this one. Home. This one. I can't. I just can't. I, I. Even if I would almost be more inclined if Drummond was not in it, <laughs> I just do not want <laughs> Drummond on the Thunder at all. Just the opposite of the the archetype of player that the Thunder want. And also, also Jay can... Will has been awesome. Jay He's Will's been, been really so good. good recently. Yeah. Jay Will's Which really I'm good. not saying means that the Thunder don't need to trade for another backup big necessarily, but like Jay Will's really been playing well on both ends of the floor, uh, hitting those outside shots and obviously defending the rim like he has. It's been really fun. And we even saw Mark kind of go to that when the Thunder were struggling to start the second half tonight. I Someone said the team would take a vibes hit. And I, yeah, that's very true. Yes. The, the funny thing about this trade, though, is that I think all three of us are like, if it happened, I would be fine with it. I'll say that. But the fact that all three of us are like, eh, I don't know. The funny part is, I don't think the Bulls would, would take this trade. It's like I the agree. other half of the coin. So it's like, it's one of those weird ones where it's like, the Bulls would say, no, they want like first for Caruso. And they think Drummond is better than people think, but us covering the thunder like i don't know i don't think i would do this i don't know right nick's mm. basically saying my trade sucks <laughs> no no no, no. I, I mean i, I think it, it's a, it's a it's generally great exercise it's generally a good, good trade when both fan bases hate it true that Thanks, actually means it's probably fair last call Hello. <laughs> Are you trying to intimidate me? Are you mocking me? This Tibbs, is take it easy. It's oh, oh, it's Doc. It's not Tibbs. It's Doc, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Why are things the coaches are, making the calls? Things aren't going well. You guys about to speak to me. I mean, Doc's about to speak to me. You guys need some crazy on your team. <laughs> no. You ever, yes. you ever have a guy this whose is a eyes go in different directions at the same time? <laughs> 
No wonder his help side defense is so good. <laughs> we call that versatility. <laughs> he might not fit because he likes to punch Europeans. <laughs> I need to make a finals push this season with my Bucks. Bucks. Taylor, how big are the Bucks? Bucks. The old rat. I'm going to send you big old Bobby P. <laughs> but I What's need someone to help my coach? team on the other end. <laughs> you can get big old Bobby P, but I need Jay Will. And I need Kenrich Williams. Think about it. I'm going to go smoke another pack of cigarettes. Just hung up the phone. You want another hog? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Arkansas. Ar- Thunder got hogs out, baby. Silva, take us away. <laughs> oh, I got to mark the timestamp where Jacob said, you want another hog? <laughs> um, see, this is almost, this is really just a knife to you my gut. You want to swap hogs, buddy? <laughs> This is really a knife to my gut because it's a Jacob, no for me, Hog. Doc Doc lured me in with the idea of Bobby P, but then he asked for two of my favorite players on the Thunder uh, in this trade, and Jay Will and Kenridge Williams. Uh, wow, wow! I do love the idea of Bobby Portis on the Thunder. I tweeted out a picture of just Bobby today, just for the TL. Just the, like King of the Hill, Bobby, or like Bobby Portis, Bobby P. If they traded for Bobby P, we are making Bobby Hill shirts for Bobby Portis. It says, that's my purse. I don't know you. <laughs> um, shit, guys, I'd start him. Start oh, him. Wait. Yeah. He's great. I'm with you there. I just, I wouldn't do it for Jay Wilkins. <laughs> no. I'm with you there, though. I would start him. Some of these comments are wild, man. I love you guys. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> Uh, oh my gosh! Um, um, I'm out on this one. I like Bobby P. I would be thrilled if the Thunder traded for Bobby P. It's really hard to trade for a guy that's on a, con- a, a another contender because it's got to be a trade in which like both teams benefit, and it's like kind of a positional swap or like a skill set swap because both teams are buyers, and it's hard to have a buyer to buyer trade. Um, it's gonna be really, really difficult to find one that works, unless it's like a the Bucks want to make a secondary trade, a bigger trade, and Oklahoma City's trading like a first and a couple seconds and salary filler for Bobby, and then they use that for a bigger trade. But oh my god, oh my goodness. the comments, Jesus! So what makes? Uh, you- I'm out on this one. Uh, no, I'm with you completely. <laughs> oh, this is good. Uh, so like, can you give us your best Bobby Portis impression, Jamie please? Needs... What do you mean, like with my? <laughs> I can't pos- I can't do it. Someone on the stream, please tell me you can get that screenshot. <laughs> Here's the thing: our downloads, our our downloads on the podcast. Give us one more. Give us one more. But YouTube's just like going up. The screenshot. Got it. All right. Beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> He usually has like a oh, smile man. though. Like a... 
Dude's awesome. You need to be in Oklahoma City. Uh, there you go. Bobby Portis. Okay, State. OKC's okay, got it. Yeah. That's, that's the Bobby it's emoji. Constant. It's Taylor emoji. tweets that emoji every day. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right. Anytime he does something. So you guys got to make a decision on your trades. Okay. You got you mean six a, of them. I can cycle recap. through them. Okay, go ahead. Uh, we had Giddy and Poku for Wendell Carter Jr. Are we... Is that a no? Are we just going to... Eh? All right. <laughs> we need people have to just tune into this episode. <laughs> you can't really Next listen to one, this one on the podcast. Davis, Trey Man, Houston first and seconds for Landry, Shaman, aka Wario, and Denny Avdia. Funny Is how there a way Jacob... to turn the the J Dub picture that Nick has here like upside down where upside it's down. two thumbs up? That's what Jacob we need. Jacob makes the trades and ironically makes the Denny one the most appealing. Yes. <laughs> Was that is that planned? One hundred percent. That's called being I'm a cooking good GM. The I'm cooking the books, baby. You are. Uh, we have good Davis, GM. Trey, the Utah pick, and a second for Frankie Smokes and PJ Washington. <laughs> That's a no for me. Smokes. This is my. This is probably my number. This is my number two. Don't don't hate on it. Somebody in the comments said. That's where Bobby, I was at. Someone in the comments said Bobby Portis looks like somebody bet him he couldn't hold his breath <laughs> for like ten minutes. <laughs> Eyeballs popping out of his head. <laughs> uh, sorry. Bobby got a thyroid issue. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, what was the next one? Uh, oh, yeah. Really Bertons, Bobby Portis doesn't listen to this podcast. Uh, Bertons, Jang, uh, Houston first, Clippers first, and seconds for Cam Ooh, Johnson. I forgot about this. I'm kind of in on this. Top one. three, top three, top three. Yeah, top three. Poku, Jang, Jay Will, and a second for Drummond and Caruso. Out. Okay, uh, we have Jay Will and Kenny for Crazy Bobby P. No, <laughs> Crazy Bobby P. I'm out as well. Okay, you know so what? We... I forgot about that. Um, my brain trust here. We're in the war room. It's Thursday night or Thursday afternoon. We're an Thursday hour night, late, late buddy. Be <laughs> way late. Thinking about uh, the draft. I really want Cam Johnson on this team. That's where I'm leaning. Ooh. Curious your guys' thoughts. Yeah, okay, I mean, so, let, so lay it out. If, if we're between Cam, so as a brain trust, we have Cam and Denny. We have the option to get both. What are the yeah. two trade packages? Bertons, Jang, Houston, and LA first, seconds for Cam. Okay. You're, on the, the Cam one, you're basically trading everything out of the 2024 yeah. draft. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You're going to yeah, end up point. with like a pick 27. And then... Yeah. Bertons, Trey, Bertons, Houston man. first, seconds for Landry and So Denny. basically, you're giving up an extra first to get Cam over Denny and Landry. Is Cam above those guys worth an extra first? It's like likely a law, late lottery pick could actually not convey in theory. Right. Um, and I'm, I mean, again, curious your thoughts, Nick. I'm higher on the 24 draft than I think a lot of people are. There's a lot of value there, I think, uh, for especially for a team like OKC. That being said, my reasoning for the Cam Johnson trade, this team's ready to win. And this is a player that can grow with this team as they continue to to grow into uh, championship contenders. So, and so for you, that reason, I'm, you I'm willing also to give up that extra first. Just putting, playing devil's advocate here, one guy has started for a finals team. And one guy has like never really played meaningful basketball with the Washington Wizards. 
Not saying that that should factor into your decision, just putting it out there as a data point. So, so Silva, I think I got Taylor's answer. Uh, how much more do you like Cam, if at all, over Denny? Um, like not like that much from a value standpoint. Giving up that extra first, it's like I, I like the Cam trade like twenty percent more because it, Cam gives more of a concentrated need to this team with the shooting and the scoring. Uh, what we assume would be bench production. I guess he could start, but I assume it'd be a bench role if it was this season. They're not going to pull Josh this season, I don't think. Um, that's the one I would lean just by a hair. Okay. But, yeah. I disagree. Um, I think I think Shamit has value. I think Shamit. I think Isaiah Joe's a better shooter, but I, I think Shamit can give you similar production to the night that Isaiah Joe's out, like tonight. He's a guy that can knock down big threes. Denny is on a contract half the size of Cam. Like Cam's making 25 million this year. It 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 declines a bit, but like somewhere between 22 and 25 over the next three to four years. Um, and the Cam deal, I don't think you're getting a second player like a Shamit. You're also giving up an extra first that could be like the 12th pick. We've seen the Thunder hit big time on some guys in the late lottery. I think this is a draft, like Taylor mentioned, although there's not a top talent at the at the forefront of the draft, there's a lot of depth. There's a lot of unknown guys. For all you know, you could get the best player in the draft at 12. Uh, I'm going to keep the Utah pick. I'm going to take the secondary player in Landry, who I think could be a top 10 rotation guy in OKC. Has played on the finals team, just like Cam Johnson. Uh, I'm going to go with the Denny trade for me cheaper less assets two players instead of one that are both in your top 10 rotation hey just really quick i would argue that if the thunder still hold what was it the 24th pick is that what you guys said if they were to do the kim johnson trade nick i still think you could get an equally valuable player in that 24 range whatever it may be compared to like 12 27 i don't still know think if you, you get the same value at 27 than 12 i don't care what draft it is that's that's a big jump it is it's a weird draft. It is a weird one, but that's that's tough. It's tough. You could also have in this scenario, you'd have uh what two of those picks? So you'd have 12 and 27. True. Right? You have a true. lot of picks later down the road that you can trade yeah. up to get your guy too, you know? Yeah. yeah. And still have Cam Johnson. You could also make this trade that's and wild. use that's and use the Utah pick for a second trade, and you get three guys in your top 10 rotation. So I'm going to hey, that's why I'm calling Char Marks back and saying, Hey, DFS, Cam Johnson. <laughs> Let's make this a little bit of a bigger wow. trade. So what's the answer? You two both want Cam and I want Denny, so it sounds like they're going Cam and I'm going to hate it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I, I like that trade. It's not bad. That'd go Denny. Okay. That's a good, really good point, though. Like I, I think both those either. trades are really good. Yeah, I would. I, I like them both, actually, a lot. These are, these are good great trade packages. I would not be upset if we went Nick's way. I mm-hmm. think we should tweet these out in a thread and let people vote. Oh, that'd be fun. Oh, yeah. There we go. I, uh, I just want the people Ooh. to know that if somehow we get a Woj tweet on Thursday that says the Thunder are trading for Wizards forward Denny Avdia, I will not be on the pod because I will probably be in prison um, for running around the neighborhood naked. I like it. Hey. Hey, really quick. I said, like, I would call Sean Marks back about DFS as well as Kim Johnson. But if we're talking Denny and Gafford, Daniel Gafford. I don't think that Daniel Gafford. As much as Denny fits what Oklahoma City is, I think Gafford is like 
polar right. opposite. But if you get um, thrown in. We got to move know. on. But six fun trades for you guys to contemplate as we approach trade deadline. We'll do some more trades on Around the Association. But first, we have to update the standings. Bangers. Oh, God. Another Look week at Nick down. and Taylor. Taylor Peterson is in the lead after this week. Taylor went two and two. He has 32 points. Nick went three and one last week, including hitting his money ball. He is on Taylor's heels at 31. I am behind Nick at 28. I went two and two this week. JD also went two and two. He's right on my heels at 27. And shout out to our guy, Justin, the only guy to go undefeated last week, gained four points and is up to 24 total points. He's making a push. Shout out He's to making Justin. a push, and Silva's looking like he may be last place by the All-Star. Oh, ring. no. <laughs> this is not good. So let's make some predictions for this coming week. We got three games on deck, boys. The first one, Tuesday night, 8 p.m. local tip. Sorry, 7 p.m. local tip, 8 p.m. central time tip at the Utah Jazz. Nick, why don't you lead us off? Hmm. I predicted a loss for this one. Ooh. It was uh, a it was a bar fight the last time they were in Utah. Yeah. Utah, it's a good team. Uh they're obviously at home. Although the Thunder, I think, are still the best road team in the league. Winning on the road's not easy. I don't care what your record is. Um if Dub and Joe play, like maybe it's a bit of a different story, but with the information we have. I've got to go well. Like I could, I could look at that one leading up to tip off. Like, damn it, I should have taken the W and knew those guys would be back. I could also be like, thank God, I took the L here because I don't think you two are going to take the L like I did. <laughs> Taylor, what do you got Tuesday night in Utah? Well no played by Nick because I went W with the. Uh, there we go. Got to get in my my screen <laughs> there. W a money ball because I think one of Joe. Or dub will play. We got a new money ball sounder. Oh yeah, we do. I love it. JD, what do you got? I want to use this. I want to use the ding more. A W W for me. Okay. Uh, Nick, sorry, uh, Justin took. Where's Justin at? Justin took an L. I took. Man, that's how we overtake Silva. Damn it! I took a W with a money ball. Now we're talking. Ding. Let's flip the rotation this time. JD, lead us off. The Thunder get three days off before they play in Dallas Saturday afternoon at 2 p.m. against the Mavericks. You know, this is probably why I'm about to be in last place because I didn't realize when I made this prediction that they had three days off before. So I predicted an L. Taylor? This one was tough for me because they're back-to-back the next night against the Kangs. However... I'm going with the W here as well. Mavericks, Mavericks have really been struggling. Um, I mean, in general, I think, and the health concerns me. I think Thunder are going to play a really good game with three nights off. Nick? So Kyrie is probable. I think it's tomorrow's game. Coming back, sounds like. Luka's questionable. His ankle popped. Same ankle that was hurt the other night. Um, I don't think he'll play this next game my gut tells me when i when i looked at the schedule what came to my head was this is the first game luca and Kyrie are going to play together in a long time and everyone's going to be going nuts to luca and Kyrie. 
playing together again. But reminder, they're 17 and 21 when they do play together. So I took a Thunder W. I like it. Justin on this one uh, took a W and a Moneyball. I also took a W. I saw a stat today, boys. The Mavericks have not won since January 5th unless they have a guy that scores 40-plus. We talked about the Thunder supporting cast in this in this Raptors game. Yeah. Kind of the opposite down in Dallas. Yeah. If their stars don't perform, they don't win. Yeah. Unless and Tim Hardaway very goes high off. level. Yeah. All right. After three days off, they play the Mavs. And then they have a Sega Baba back home at 2 p.m. on Sunday against the Sacramento Kings. Justin, for this one, took a W. I wanted to take W, but the fact that it's a Sega Baba and the Kings just seemed like a bad matchup for the Thunder, I took an L. Nick, what do you got? Uh, I think Sylvan and I both have L's based on his facial expression and Justin <laughs> took the W. Uh, you should not play poker, buddy. Um, I took the L and it's also my <laughs> money ball. That Taylor. is well played by Nick there. I also had the L. Because four W's in a week would be kind of crazy, which means that the Thunder are probably probably going to lose against the Mavericks and win against the Kings. But I have the L as well. I like that money ball by Nick. Well done, Nick. Hedge. <laughs> uh, it's a Sega Baba. There's three reasons why it's a Sega Baba. It's at two p.m. and it's against the Kings. L with a money ball. Why did I get there. the poop one when I did my money ball? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <Is that? laughs> Last prediction for the week. <laughs> did you, Nick? Did you buck up? Did you have three L's? No, no you had I a Mavs. Mavs. You're, right. Yeah. you're right. You're right. They play the Mavs and the Kings on the weekend. Will there be a new player on the Oklahoma City Thunder for those two games? Ooh. I'm going to let y'all go first because I, I have a quick rant. <laughs> My answer is yes. My answer is also yes. I would agree. My answer is yes. But. If the Thunder does not make a trade at the deadline, what I know is going to happen is the timeline with Thunder fans and external NBA fans are going to say, unserious franchise, don't care about winning, don't care about Shea, top seed in the West, didn't make a trade. That is bullshit, first of all. Ooh, Nick getting feisty. Not making a trade does not mean you didn't try or you just thought your team was good enough or, oh, this isn't the year anyways. It's not what that means, okay? So take that surface level that if the Thunder don't make a trade, they don't care. Presti's not about winning. They're not giving Shea what he deserves. Sam is on the phone, right? Not making a trade means there wasn't a trade that made sense for the right value. You could, you could have a car that has no AC and needs new tires. It might have six months left before it just completely falls apart. You could go car shopping today and say, I'm buying a car today. But if you go out there and every single car is twice your budget, you're not buying a damn car. You're going to ride it out for six months. Same applies here. If the Thunder don't make a trade, don't come at me with this, they don't care. Shade doesn't get the help he deserves. Sam Presti didn't try his hardest. 
Sam's on the damn phones. If they don't make a trade, it's not because they didn't try. It's because Sam is a leverage guy that makes good trades. There's no need to make an impulse trade. And it's because there was not a situation where Sam said, yeah, that guy helps this team is on the right contract, fits the right way at the right price for the right assets. I'm going to say that now. Because it's not agree more. I'm going to clip that for TikTok. That was fantastic. I agree. We'll Wait right till they don't make a trade thing. before you clip that shit. <laughs> fair enough. But I think that was extremely fair. We'll be right back. JD, take us around oh. the association. All righty. I don't even know where you're sitting at. But... <laughs> Again, trade deadline, four days away. So I got to keep the trade deadline theme going. Play everybody's favorite game. Who says no? I'm going to give you guys a league-wide trade. You just answer the simple question and tell me, who says no? Are you ready? Yeah. First one. The Lakers receive Julius Randle, Evan Fournier, a Knicks 2024 first, a Detroit 2024 first. How do they have the Detroit 2024 first? That's got to be protected somehow. The Dallas 2024 first and the Washington 2024 first. The Knicks get LeBron James. Who says no? Lakers say no. They're they're going to ride. We have LeBron on your team. You got to write it out. Those are the rules. Yeah, yeah Taylor's right. Taylor's right. As awesome as this as this would be, it have to be. It would have to be like a LeBron, Rich Paul power move. Get me to the Knicks by any means necessary for it to work. Say the trade one more time. Julius Randle, Evan Fournier. And four 2024 firsts. It's basically the package that the Thunder sent the Knicks for Usman James. Four Jank. 2024 firsts? There's a lot of protections on them. It's it's the three picks that the Thunder traded for Us, plus the Knicks' own pick this year. Okay. Um, I think that Detroit pick is uh, no protected change. through 18, one through 18. That Dallas pick is like top five, maybe. The Washington pick is lottery, maybe. No chance. LeBron has a player option also, right, at the end of the season. And I just don't see the Knicks doing that to Silla's point unless Clutch <laughs> pulls a Clutch move and says we want to go to the Knicks. And I still, I don't So everyone it. says Lakers say no. Yeah, Julius Randle's not. I mean, those four, those four firsts are like with the protections are meh picks. Like in a, in a draft that's considered meh, a bunch of meh picks with Julius Randle. I don't even think that's getting you Trey Young. We're talking about LeBron James. Next one. The uh, Nets get Jalen Green. Here's Nick Sounder. No, 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 no! You're welcome. Facts. Who says no? 
The Nets get Jalen Green, Jay Sean Tate, Tate, Boban Marjanovic. They get their own 2024 first back. They get their own 2024 second back. They get their 2025 swap back. They get their 2026 first back. They get their 2027 swap back. The Rockets get Mikel Bridges. Ooh. Who says like that no. trade? Do you guys want to hear what the kids from Houston think about that trade? Yes, yes, sir. Sir. Yes, sir. Sir. yes sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well done. I think I follow those accounts. Yeah. Listen uh, to some of those uh, spaces on Twitter after games. Yep. I think for the Nets' sake, you have to do that because you it's it's really hard to rebuild a team when you have no control of your own destiny. Like you cannot bottom out, even if you want to. Uh, it forces you to make moves for players that you may not like, but you kind of have to take. But we already know they've declined this trade. Apparently, like this is something a, similar. This is yeah, a trade is, package that's been very heavily reported that like teams have made this kind of deal for for Bridges, and the Nets have said no. So, I think it's one of those where. Yeah, the Houston Rockets probably say yes because they have made that offer. And the Nets. The game is who says no, Nick. Well, the answer is the Brooklyn Nets. They said no. They have said no. But they shouldn't say no. Like, Nikhil Bridges is awesome, but he's not a number one guy. Hasn't been an all star yet. No. He's not good. What if it's Jalen Green, Tari, and two firsts? That changed. That changed. Change it all. I'd want some swaps on top two, of that. As long, long as the two and... firsts or the swaps are front loaded, like I think, I think the Nets are probably comfortable. Like keep the twenty-seven picks and beyond, but we want like 24, 25, 26. Like let us, let us actually rebuild, control our own destiny, bottom out, get top picks the next couple of years, and you can have Mikhail. Yeah, interesting. If you're throwing Atari, yes, but it's probably 24, 25, and maybe twenty-six swap or actual pick that you want to keep next trade the bulls get evan fournier quentin grimes and the dallas first this season the knicks get demar Derozan. who says say that one more time evan fournier quentin grimes and a 2024 dallas first to the bulls the knicks get demar Derozan. The Bulls get something for the DeMar contract that's expiring and like a late first, and then the Knicks get some quickly scoring a placement, basically. I would say the Bulls say yes, but I think the Knicks say no. They're going to be patient. They're playing really, really well right now post uh, OG trade. And I think they're going to go superstar hunting here in the offseason. So I'm thinking the Knicks say no. I think the Knicks say yes because of the same reasons you said, actually. You can go superstar hunting when you got 30 mil expiring on your books. He also helps you this year. I, I don't think the Knicks are contenders as good as they've been since the OG trade. But if you had DeRozan, like legit score that can like get to his spot and create for himself and ISO score, which is huge in the playoffs. I think I think DeRozan to New York when I were giving up is basically Grimes. Who they don't play. They don't play. Who is like? Who is like the Lakers, or the? Uh, he's the Knicks version of like a Terrence Mann, where it's like you can, or the the Lakers version of Tht. You can only say this guy is so good before so it's long. like, yeah, before it before it's like 
okay, he's okay, but he's not. Why are you holding on to him? Um, I think the Knicks say yes because he helps them this year. They become an actual contender. He comes off their books. Either you re-sign him or you go superstar hunting with that money. You're only giving up, what, one one real first in this? Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And you got a bunch more. I think I think the Knicks would do this. I think they should do this. Because you probably trade Caruso also, and Grimes could be some Caruso insurance. Yeah. True. I think I'm in. Next trade. The Heat get Jonathan Isaac, the ultimate Florida man, and Jet Howard. The Magic get Tyler Hero. That's interesting. Oh. I love seeing these reactions. Heat Where say did no? you come up with this one? What did Where say? did I come up with it? JD. It makes, a, to me <laughs> like it, makes, it makes a lot of sense. I just have never thought about that kind of deal. I was, right. just, I was just scheming on my computer earlier. I don't know. Um, I'm in the minds of GMs. I am of the belief if you can get over Jonathan Isaac's off the court stuff and you believe he can stay healthy, he is an awesome player. Like his defense this year when he plays is stupid good. Stupid good. <laughs> uh, Jet Howard's a G League guy right now. I think he'll be solid with time. Tyler Hero's maybe a bit overpaid. If I'm the Magic, I don't know if I love this. Juwan Howard played for the Heat. I know, I know, I know. It 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 makes sense for the Heat. Like I think the Heat might actually want to do this twice, especially if like you think that. If you want to be good now and in the future, Jimmy's getting older. You can be good now. You can trade him later and still have these younger guys. I'm sure Heat fans would say, no, no. But I think I kind of like I kind of like this for the Heat. Don't like it for the Magic. Didn't the Heat refuse to put Tyler Hero in a trade with or for name? Like I'm sure. No, I think Day. I think Hero is part of the like the the the. I think Hero is the piece that Portland didn't want, right? Mm-hmm. That's fair. We have Hero at home and Anthony Simons. Yeah, yeah. Last one. Who says no? Lakers get Bruce Brown. Bruce Brown. The Raptors get D'Lo and Jalen Hood Shafino. I've got strong thoughts. You go first. This is just slop. I don't know. This is kind of a <laughs> Lakers should say no. But yes. they won't. Lakers That's should absolutely was. say hell no to that. Right. Yeah. There's nothing the Lakers can do to salvage this team. No. I, I think JHS could end up being a really damn good player. He's kind of like a jet. He was a, a lottery talent that has not played a lot because he's on a team that's got a lot of guys and he's playing in the G League a bunch awesome prospect like when you think about jet howard from the last trade or hood Jafina from this trade consider them a first round pick basically it's what you're is what you're throwing them in as is it basically a first round pick um d has been playing the best basketball of his career the last month and yep. this is a guy that's been an all-star and been a number one option on fringe playoff teams and you want to trade that for 
Bruce Brown, who's a really good player, but let's be real. Is Bruce Brown less D'Lo making you any better than the eight seed that you are? Exactly. No, but it, it's such a it's such a LeBron move. No. Yeah. They would have to go like they have to go nuclear to even become the sixth seed and avoid the plan at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He also is expiring, so you get some cap space from that, I guess. And the Lakers have the 15th most difficult, so I'm right in the middle of the pack, a uh, difficult schedule left in the league. Yeah. Question for y'all, just real I want to rapid fire, yes, no. Uh, Lakers, Hawks, the whole thing is DeJounte Murray wants to, are going to be in L.A., ideally, but D'Lo is not a guy that the Hawks want. they got to find a third team, likely Brooklyn. We've talked about the bench sixth man unit kind of collectively working very, very well. If you could get D'Lo for basically nothing, would you do it? No. No. If, if they said, give us Berton's contract and D'Lo is yours, you would say no. I, I get the argument for it. I think he does not. It's a different question on does Jacob personally want it and would the Thunder do it? I think the Thunder would do it negative 100% of the time. What is like Jacob? The Thunder, would, the Thunder would never pull the trigger. What is Jacob? <laughs> Regardless of what they do, I'm going to be excited. You'll talk talk yourself into it. That's so fair. I'll talk myself into it. I don't. He, I do not think he fits the God. culture of this team in the slightest. It just completely different style play if Delo's in there. I agree. Okay. Like the reason why Trey Mann doesn't play, I feel like, is because of those. Okay. And Delo got okay. traded off Minnesota partially just because he was an asshole. <laughs> he is. <laughs> I think he came out and said that. Yeah. I just don't think he fits what they are trying to build and what they want in their locker room. Unless you've he, would be him, bucket, he would be a bucket off the bench. Unless you got the culture that can, uh, that can fix him. That kind of guy. Under culture, baby. I mean, I, I, I'm not like gunning for the Thunder to go get D'Lo. I do think that if the Thunder traded for D'Lo, there would be a game four in some round of the playoffs where we would podcast and we'd be screaming his name. <laughs> because he's close no with the starters. I get it. There's I no get doubt it. in my mind. Definitely get it. Gentlemen, that's all the trades I got. I think that's going to do it for us tonight. The hour and a half stream is over. <laughs> Mama, we made it. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. This live stream was popping tonight. Tons of folks. We thank you so much for getting in here, hopping in the live stream, hopping in the chat, hanging out with us. If you haven't already, make sure to sub to the YouTube channel. That means a ton to us. Do us in podcast version. Thank you so much. Go drop a five-star rating. If you're on YouTube, hit that like button. Leave a comment what you think of the Thunder trades we dropped. We'd love to hear your opinions on those. Schedule for the week. We'll be back with you guys Wednesday. We will talk about the Jazz game from Tuesday night. We will talk more deadline stuff. We're going to head to the trough Wednesday night. Eat up that slot. Thursday night, we will come live on the show, even though there is no game to talk trade deadline day and what all transpired. The Thunder made a move. We're going to be the place you want to come get your information on that move. So come hang out with us Thursday night. And then we are back again Sunday to talk about two games, both Dallas and Sacramento Kings. I almost forgot. Emma. 
the Dallas game is awesome, then we might emergency pod because we're degenerates and we can't help ourselves. Have a great start to your week. It's NBA trade deadline week. One best weeks of the year. We will see you guys Wednesday night. Until then, and as always, thunder up. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.